Yeah, exactly. Shall we start with um, Facebook itself, the the platform we just called dead from our side? <laughs> well, <laughs> from, be your honest, side, from your side, from your side. Yeah, let's. <laughs> Welcome to Investing 404, the podcast by amateur investors for amateur investors. I'm Gov and I have Chris here with me. We've both been investing for over a year and we'd like to give an insight on how we analyze companies for investment. We usually analyze one company in depth, look at a potential 10-bagger and then any other hot stock we find and like to talk about. Gov, what do we have in store for segment number one? Well, I think we should talk about... Um the hottest topic in the world right now, which is the U.S. election. <laughs> so today's the 6th of November. The election um, started or happened a few days ago. Uh, obviously, it's not fully complete yet with the postal votes still requiring uh, counting and so on. And some key states still requiring um, a decision. Yeah, so Biden looks extremely close to winning um, after 44 of the 50 states being decided. Um, thoughts on how the market's playing up to it, Chris? Um, we did an election special a couple of days ago where we looked at you know, the impact to the stock market and the impact to uh, the shares that we own and uh, how we see that playing out over the next six to 12 months. So check it out if you haven't. <laughs> but um, we, we went through this and in a bit of depth, Chris, and we spoke about how the uncertainty would be uh, quite bad for the market, but market seems to have jumped six to eight percent. Um, so, wh wh why do you think that's happened? It's interesting because, in my mind, uncertainty would hurt the stock market every single time, and now we have the biggest uncertainty that we've had in a long, long time in the political sphere. And suddenly the market's gone up by, what, 6 7% over the last two days. And that's mostly the NASDAQ, but also the S&P 500. So those momentum stocks that have won in March and April, those exact same stocks have now completely exploded. And I don't fully understand the reason. The only thing I can think about, Chris, is that um, Biden was so likely to win from all the polls, right, generated. And... It doesn't matter which time frame you take. I think at one point he was, um, uh, Trump was the worst um, in the polls for any sitting president ever, right? So you go from that scenario and you see the, the market reacting quite negatively to that with the fear of a secondary lockdown and so on, um, just because of how uh, Biden's view on um, the coronavirus is. I feel like this may be just a reaction to the fact that it is a lot closer. And because it's closer, we know how Trump's going to react. We know that Trump's going to, he's already started looking at like lawyers and getting the lawyers involved. To, so he's not going to go down, he's going to go down fighting, right? And by doing that, I feel like if there was a secondary uh, national lockdown, it's not going to happen until way later on um, in the year, if not, not at all, right? And I feel like that might be one of the big elements to this. Um, no, and I get your point, and it makes sense because Biden hasn't got the landslide win, so we haven't got the probably the immense pressure of um, increasing corporate, corporate taxes in the US and other things, because if Biden hasn't got the entire Senate or the House for him, 
then um, a lot of the things that are so Republican driven will probably stay um, somewhat, you know, driven by them, like the ta tax cuts for corporate uh, entities. And, you know, on the other hand, like why would momentum stocks fall anyway right now? There's no real reason for momentum stocks to fall. And I think this, you know, election finally being over has just pushed a lot of people back into the market that are thinking, okay, it is what it is. This is exactly what we expected. Let's just buy before the market goes up. Yeah, the, the, a really interesting part about that is um, that I think the energy market and the energy sector is the only segment of the market that ended the day in red. Um, so we're talking about how longer term uh, Biden's presidency would lead to a lot of influence in that area, where the energy sector seems to be the one that's gone bad because investors seem to favor investing in technology and healthcare firms rather than going into energy on the first day right like that's 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 interesting because on the first day it really reflected trump was up so energy etfs and energy companies were down as you say but then yesterday as as we heard that biden has taken the lead in some of the states then the um i think the clean energy etf and other things have jumped by like a good three four percent so it's interesting. That was the only real segment of the market where you could follow the two candidates impacting it. I, I haven't seen it on other sectors. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, that's a very fair point. Uh, the the one last thing um, to sort of close off the segment is um, the Federal Reserve made an announcement, and it made sort of no impact because of how the market was um, so focused on the election. I think they're already had pre-planned for this, uh, which is a, the Federal Reserve voted to keep the borrowing rates at 0%, um, which which I think is quite a big move, right? I mean, uh, it, it they, they're remaining very accommodating to providing liquidity and pumping liquidity into the market. So uh, we, we're still expecting something like a stimulus package in the future, but it's good to see that the liquidity is still quite high. I mean, if, if they had not done that, if they said they were going to hike, hike the rates up, uh, the borrowing rates up, I think we would have seen a bit of a negative reaction. Um, but they, they couldn't have, right? And I think the Bank of England did the same yesterday. Um, it has completely gone under the whole election. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But they can't, they can't increase it right now, right? It would be the wrong signal, don't you think? Yeah, for sure, for sure. I'm wondering if this is going to stay like it for the next five to ten years to get back to a pre-corona level um, and low inflations, right? Because people are not spending anyway. There's, there's not much to spend on right now. Yeah. On that note, Gov, have you done any? trades this week have you bought anything or sold anything or just watching from the sideline um yeah i think i'm a bit of a spectator i'm um like i mentioned earlier in the week um i spend a lot of time actually just checking the shares i currently do own and like making sure i'm very happy with the stop losses i have in place the the sort of strategy i have if things skyrocket up or skyrocket down uh just so i'm you know, uh, able to then be flexible later. It doesn't catch me off guard. That's all I've done. What about you, Chris? Anything you invested in lately? No, not this week. Same as you. I've kind of been watching it, but I've been pretty much heavily invested 
anyway and i bought some more last week on the mini crash we had so i think this week is just watch and wait <laughs> can't really predict what's happening as we can see <laughs> So the main segment of our podcast is how we analyze one company in depth. And we've done pretty much all FANG stocks now. So if you want to look back at, you know, Amazon was a particularly good episode. Look at the, some of the older episodes we have uploaded. This week, we want to talk about Facebook. And there's quite a lot that Facebook owns and bought up over the years. So it's, it's going to be an interesting uh, little episode to listen to. Just to give some context, let's let's... Let's go into some of the things that are maybe a little bit surprising to some users because I think there's no point going about the history. Everyone knows the Facebook history. And if you don't, go off. What, 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 is, what is the movie called? The Social Network? <laughs> the That's Social the Network. One. Fabulous movie. Lots of good tears coming out of my eyes as I watch that one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, tears of joy maybe. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I think we should just give a little bit of context of how powerful um, Facebook is as a company in today's world. Um, and we're going to go into, just again, uh, this is to set the scene. Uh, we're going to go into, in the future, the various revenue areas that of Facebook, the various companies within the Facebook umbrella, and so on. But before we go into that, it's important to know kind of its overall outlook as it stands today. And um, so with that, just a couple interesting facts and figures i guess there's about two and a half billion uh, av uh, average on average monthly uh, active users which is incredible seeing that you know that's like um a third of the population the world population uh users who are 65 and older are increasing which i think is a phenomenal fact right uh just shows that essentially when people get access to internet <laughs> They're just straight going into Facebook, which I think is pretty incredible. So that the space keeps growing, apart from teens, and the teens seem to the the figures on teens seem to be dropping year on year as they go into different areas. But one of those different areas is obviously Instagram, which we will again get to in, in a bit more depth. It's funny because you you can really see with that fact how number one Facebook is aging, <laughs> somewhat dying, but number two. The, the the older generation is always like a few years behind whatever platform the teens were on. And as soon as the old generation gets on the platform, the teens are gone. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Uh, but um, it's interesting, even with this usage, you would expect, right? I mean, uh, as the older generation get on, and like you said, it's aging, that the average daily time would shift. But actually, that's remained flat, which is super interesting to say that, like, even the people across the ages are using it differently the time they're spending on the app is actually fairly similar which provides an incredible platform for companies to market to um i think that gets, sets us up nicely then chris to talk about the various products that facebook does use yeah exactly shall we start with um facebook itself the the platform we just called dead from our side <laughs> well from honest, your side from your side yeah let's <laughs> realistically i don't know anyone from our age bracket that still uses facebook on a daily basis it's pretty much unheard of the thing that really blows my mind is it, the us and canada segment 
out of every single user, Facebook still generates about $130 worth of revenue from one user. Whereas in other parts of the world, it's only about $30. So that's the, in Europe, for example. So that still shows how much money they're trying to squeeze out of Facebook itself, the platform, and how, how much you know, potential there maybe still is worldwide. And the only thing that makes me somewhat excited about Facebook's future as a platform is probably Facebook shops. Have you heard that, Goff? Where they are now giving a real marketplace to some stores. And that's the only reason I could see someone from our generation going back onto Facebook to be like, okay, hang on, I uh, probably want to buy this product or hang on, let me have a look how much it is on Facebook rather than Amazon. Apart from that, I don't see much more value to be had in the Facebook platform, as a, at least for the future. And I think that's also what Facebook is seeing. And that's why, you know, they've made some of those other acquisitions and moved into other areas, some of their resources. Yeah, I think I think we're going to get into some of those other areas in a second here. I think my view on Facebook is a lot less, I guess, a lot more positive than yours, Chris. Um I do see that as the foundation of everything else that they run uh, sits within Facebook. Um, and I think uh, you're right, like marketplace is, is huge. And they, they brought it out, the Facebook marketplace, a few years ago. But uh, very recently, it's just taken a real storm in terms of buying and selling. I mean, uh, 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 I know a couple of friends who are trying to sell um, different items, you know, from I'm talking from phones to Pokemon cards, and they they rather do it on Facebook Marketplace than do it on eBay and have to pay a 10% commission, right? If you remember, Chris, uh, you and I set up a business at university trying to do this, and it's just incredible to see that you know Facebook's obviously doing it to an incredible scale. But the idea of offering like a free platform where you can reach out and do a deal. Uh, and with no extra sort of commission having to be paid is incredible, right? Um, and I think that's really boosted Facebook as a as a go to place. And I see that being becoming a hub. Like Facebook's just where I go, wherever I need, whatever I need, right? And I think it's got a lot of negative PR from news and so on, but it's also where a lot of people get the news. What? Why was? Um, the Cambridge Analytica stuff with Trump's campaign last time so successful is because most people actually get their news from their social media sites. And through that, um, there's so much information and, and sort of power that is given through that data, right? So I feel like I have a very pro view uh, with the umbrella of companies that we're going to get into. But I think all of that stems from Facebook at its core having its huge volumes of, of active users that that's fair i just think facebook has maybe missed the train now and we we can see it with all these platforms you know what what did we have back in the day myspace and other platforms once they missed the train and once they missed that bulk of users especially the millennials um a platform is just there to be you know a, a platform will just die and that that I think is going to happen to Facebook. It doesn't really matter what other features they're going to introduce now, because the only people that are on it now are forty plus. No. Yeah, I completely disagree with that though, just because of it's changed. It's what its vision for itself is. So, like, 
um just because you're you're right you're completely right in that like say the millennials and the teens have moved away from using it as a way to communicate with people or with friends or whatever but guess what imagine in a couple years and we'll get to this in a second but we're able to communicate directly through messaging and using the usage of messenger back into facebook as a go-to place i think if you just change what like the vision of what facebook actually is it's very fluid in the future and i feel like that's such a pro uh for the company as a whole um okay interesting with that let's go into where these guys the millennials have gone um and they've gone onto instagram right everyone i know uses instagram um uh, from just generally just posting photos of themselves a holiday to trying to become influencers and influencer marketing and gain some uh, um, money in that way to sponsorship right and the various level of advertising and sponsorship that sits within instagram um, so how do you seeing that like you had that view on facebook chris how what's your view on instagram and instagram's potential to um gain uh no your view on instagram's current position yeah it's complete opposite view on instagram but still with some risks for the future i think instagram right now is the default platform that everyone's on and that goes from you know millennials to celebrities all the way to companies and i've i think facebook hasn't even monetized it as well as they could have so i think there's still a lot more room for instagram to become even more valuable to them so my my let's say my my short to medium outlook for instagram is is looking good that was the platform they needed to get into again strategically mark zuckerberg and his leadership team have shown even if facebook is dying even if other players are coming along we will just buy them up whatever it takes whatever it was going to cost they were going to get instagram and that was a great move right and we've seen that with some other products we get into later but um, the fact that they bought up instagram and they've gone straight with the trend uh, showed how good that leadership team is and that's also one of the most important things about investing in a company right yeah for sure i completely agree i just want to make a slight correct correction that i'd mentioned around 250 uh million active users a month earlier actually it's 250 million active users a day so that actually um it shifts between 250 to 500 million active users a day that number is so high i i can't even comprehend that number that's the problem it's just too high for my brain to take in <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean that that's like literally you could take the top three or four countries in europe and it doesn't amount to 500 million users, <laughs> uh, uh, which is just incredible. And that's the thing with Facebook, right? Having, I think, the top out of the top six social media platforms, they own four, right? And just those huge volumes that they have on everyone, huge volumes of data and all these things. Yeah, and and we're talking. You, you, we we're talking earlier, Chris. You're talking about teens and millennials moving away from Facebook, but nearly. Two out of every three users are in that age bracket from 18 to 29, which is incredible, mm. right? And and what that really allows for is a method and a platform to make disposable income. And this disposable income is very evenly spread, which is something you don't see in the actual job market, right? You 
it's around 32% of people making 30 to 50K on Instagram, 30% from 50 to 75K, and then 30% above 75K, uh, which is such a even spread of kind of uh, the income you can generate from having either ads or having uh, posts that you're getting paid for. And obviously some of this data is skewed with... Um, if if I looked at average earnings, it would it would skew based with these celebrities who get paid three four hundred thousand for a post or whatever, which is why I'm giving you by people a percentage of like actual number of people that sit in which bracket. Yeah, that's inter interesting. Uh, coming away from all the positives on Instagram, and I think there's a lot more to talk about. One thing that you know the elephant in the room that can't be ignored is the fact that we have TikTok. And TikTok is all the rave right now. If I see my little cousins, you know, um, in their age bracket, they're not on Instagram anymore. Everything's on TikTok. And that wave happens so quickly, right? That wave happens so quickly. By the time MySpace realized they were dead, um, you know, the company was worth a fifth of what it was afterwards. And that's not going to happen to Facebook for a multitude of reasons. But that might happen to Instagram very quickly. And by the time we've realized that the platform is already kind of dead with the younger generation and we're the old ones that are left on it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 I agree to an extent, Chris, um, with the idea of like the hype, the hype train um, jumps onto uh, other areas and other apps, right? But I think even even within that generation, so uh, you're right with the the boom of TikTok is very similar to you know when when we were younger with like the boom of Vine as an example, right? Um, and and except obviously TikTok's taken it to a whole different level uh, of level of engagement and how 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 teenagers want to be on it. Um, but if we come back to kind of regular use. It comes back in and, and this is where Instagram have tried to pull in some of our, the regular um, uh, consumer by introducing reels and introducing um, various like um, filters from Snapchat. And they're trying to el integrate elements from some of these other softwares uh, like Snapchat, which is super popular with the, with the younger generation, which has all the filters and so on. Um, so they've incorporated that element and then incorporated TikTok's essential element in what in the feature they call Reels to try and keep users coming back to Instagram more and more. So this isn't taking the excitement of using something new and fresh like TikTok, but it's more like, well, if I'm in bed, I might just get onto Instagram just because I'm used to being on Instagram and I'm not losing out on some of those features that I would get elsewhere. And I think that's their way of sort of keeping it up. Um, but as a business proposition, though, Chris, um, something that Instagram does incredibly well that all the other market uh, marketers are trying to do is that it's pure sort of organically marketing to consumers, right? Like I'm on my phone, just whether it's stories, whether it's reels, whether it's posts for my friends or people uh, that I like, whether they're celebrities or inspirational people or whatever it is. I'm seeing the content based on what I want to see, based on people I trust. And within that, I can very quickly, if I get a post from, say, you, Chris, and it's an ad, I'm way more likely to trust your opinion 
and want to buy that product than I am if I see an advert on TV or on YouTube or anywhere else, right? And I feel that's an incredibly strong point for making advertising a critical element for companies to have, right? Which means the revenue generated through this is could be high and which should stay high going forward. Yeah, that, that shift has been immense, right? For, for influencers to be able to sell their products and you just trust that influencer rather than you trust the TV campaign. However, in my mind, Instagram is just a means to an end right now. TikTok is a means to an end, right? I don't see anything, I don't see anything that Instagram does that will completely eliminate any other competition. All of that can pretty much be done by any other player. However, saying that, and we get to it later, um, players like Google have failed in that space. So you do have to give it to Facebook to see how that network effect has kept their whole ecosystem, you know, I call it ecosystem, but Facebook, Instagram, Messenger, you know, WhatsApp in one place. That is e extremely strong. Yeah, and, and, and just to give a bit of context to what you mean by strong there, Chris, Instagram brought in around $20 billion in ad revenue last year. That... Uh, and and you talk about like how new that company is in Facebook's umbrella. That's more than a quarter of sort of Facebook's earning. And Facebook's got all those different, you know, the, the marketplace to already streamlined areas of advertising input. But Instagram brought in more than a quarter of that. And it's still quite a new company, right? No, that's a good point. So let, I think let's go to the to the um, next one and maybe the platform why I would invest in Facebook. To me, Facebook and Instagram, you know, are okay, but I have strong opinions on it. So <laughs> I don't use either platform anymore. But here, here's the, the, the one product, and that's WhatsApp, that makes me excited about this company. And not because they're making any money from it right now, but because the network effect is so strong on WhatsApp, everyone uses it. So that's not just between certain age brackets. Everyone uses it. I use it to you know, call my grandma when she's in Croatia and other things. So it's become an absolute go-to and it has been for the past, what is it now, eight, nine years. No one has even come close to what WhatsApp provides. And the reason I'm so excited about WhatsApp is the fact that they haven't even monetized it yet. You know, I think in some countries, is that right, Gov? You have to pay like a small subscription fee over like a pound or a euro. That's right, yeah. Um, yeah, but but that doesn't mean anything right now. If you look at China, and um, I saw it firsthand, they use WeChat, which is pretty much the same as WhatsApp, but they use WeChat for everything that is from buying, that is from sending money to other people, um, all the shops have just a QR code from WeChat. So it's very simple buyer and seller relationship. If WhatsApp even gets close to that globally, where you go into H&M and you just scan it with WhatsApp, the QR code, and you just pay right from WhatsApp, then, then we're talking about a completely different company. Then WhatsApp alone would probably be worth more than what Facebook is right now. That's just my opinion. Maybe I'm overhyping it. Am I overhyping it, Gov? Um, calm me down if I am. <laughs> no, I, I, no, I feel like I feel like you're you're talking about the the overall potential of what uh, WhatsApp can do, right? And and th this is what I meant earlier when I said 
um, Facebook structuring itself to becoming that like go-to place because that would be the hub to process a lot of these different elements, right? And I, and you're right uh, in, in the sense that, you know, WhatsApp's, I think like one and a half billion users. Uh, but the main part about WhatsApp is it's, like you said, it doesn't segregate or split in terms of users. It's got all generations, people from 180 countries. I mean, it, the outreach is very, very evident. And more, but but more than all of those things, what it has that others that are, the other platforms don't is that you know when I'm in a WhatsApp chat with you, Chris, that it's between me and you. It's encrypted. It's between me and you. So we feel extremely sort of secure in our conversation. Now, if we can expand that and have offerings that we're talking about dinner and suddenly we can just book stuff straight through WhatsApp, which is tied into the Facebook and the which will have the connectivity into actually like open table or whatever. Um, you can see how that would integrate as the company develops and grows right and this is 1 billion daily active users i mean this is an incredible uh, sizable number of people even if whatsapp don't do that right let's say whatsapp uh facebook decide okay for whatsapp instead of going down that route we're just going to charge uh some companies like a small fee or and they can just have like a uh when they pop up at the bottom of the app there's maybe a button or something they could charge, even if it's a small fee, with the 1 billion active users, you can imagine how much they're generating. They could generate uh, through that. Um, it, it surprises me that they haven't done more yet with WhatsApp, but I think in, in Brazil they started using um, the ability to pay by, via WhatsApp and run it out as like a trial scheme. And I think that's, that's all coming. And even more exciting, I guess, for anyone that owns Facebook stock is the fact that companies are moving like their customer service entirely to Facebook. So I've I've uh, contacted Bose the other day and I wanted to um, get a refund on some of my headphones. I'm sure Gov is smiling at that. Um, but <laughs> um, uh, the, the only way to chat with anyone from Bose was either to call them or to message them on WhatsApp, which I found brilliantly because that's exactly what our generation wants, right? We're very impersonal uh, as a whole. We just want to fix things quickly on chat or on WhatsApp. That's just the way it is. And companies, I'm, sh I'm sure WhatsApp makes money off that customer service element of both being able to integrate their software into WhatsApp. And I think that's the next step. I mean, um, uh, Chris and I are quite familiar with the... Um, customer life cycle where you know lots of companies whether it's financial services or telcos or um, insurance companies have slowly switched over into a texting way of actually like getting a text from a company and trying to respond and communicate in that way leading to a much better sort of customer engagement rates right but um, the next step in the evolution of that is actually moving it to WhatsApp or Facebook where actually there's no cost to the company then uh, in terms of uh, the infrastructure and, and you could just have it all housed on Facebook, which is just an incredible like growth potential. Uh, apart from WhatsApp, I guess the other platform, and it's funny that it's still so segregated, is Messenger. Aren't you surprised that WhatsApp and Messenger haven't already merged into one? 
So I, I think it's because they're trying to do this incredible sort of one go-to platform and just collapse them both into one. But I feel like that seems like an incredibly like challenging task. And obviously there's some people who use Messenger who don't use WhatsApp and vice versa. So um, I, I think it's just like a uh, they, they've got this extremely like imaginative vision for it. Um, which I think they haven't got to yet. Um, and it's quite hard to implement. Um, yeah, and, and in terms of sort of communication, communication being the strong point in connectivity, I mean, they, Facebook's really bought into the idea of sort of AR and VR instead, right? And having someone sit in the room next to you, uh, imagine how to play cards and actually have that person sitting in the room next to you playing cards or visualizing that they're going to be there and and through that i mean they've bought oculus and they've bought a few other smaller companies but oculus is an example um huge potential for i don't know if anyone's tried it out there but you should because it will change your perspective on what's possible with technology you will feel like you are in that environment and it's terrifying uh, but the potential for that kind of company is pretty extreme, right, Chris? So we use the VR glasses for a zombie apocalypse, apocalypse game. <laughs> apocalypse! There you go, my Achilles heel. Um, and it felt so real. It was actually incredible. Because you are, it doesn't matter if you turn around, left, right, the sound goes with you, um, your movements, the entire room around you becomes, you know, virtual. And if you haven't done it yet, yeah, it's it's definitely worthwhile doing. And if if Facebook manages to integrate Oculus into the, you know, the Facebook gaming, or if they start creating something like Stadia, Google Stadia, which is like an online cloud gaming platform, but then use Oculus as one of the infrastructure items. So you buy an Oculus and you play any game. Um, yeah, there's a lot of potential. I'm not sure how life-changing VR is going to be within the next 10 years. It might be, in my mind, more of a 10 plus years from now on. It's even further in the future. Yeah, I think I think uh, VR probably isn't um, going to be a big impact, but AR definitely will, right? Being able to interact with your space virtually, um, I think that's going to be a complete game changer. Uh, just imagine in the future, you could just put your glasses on and just from where you're sitting be able to interact with the environment that would be an absolute uh, game changer uh, and i think that's where you know facebook's long-term vision with vr and ar sits i mean there's a really in good interview um with mark zuckerberg talking to mkbhd about just the potential of ar and vr that if you haven't heard it's probably worth checking out we talked about quite a few positive elements in the Facebook um, company. So we've got WhatsApp, which is, you know, huge potential. Instagram is still growing. Facebook's probably dead, from my opinion, but we'll see. <laughs> and uh, Oculus, you know, great, great future product to have in their portfolio. If we move into risks now, and I think there are a lot of risks that people don't realize that are with Facebook. Number one, I think it's the obvious one. And Goff, jump in when whenever you want. But is the whole brand issue. I think Facebook, unlike other company, has 
an immense brand issue. And I'm saying that because any parent you ask about Facebook, any um, you know lawmaker, anyone, any politician thinks Facebook is just the evil, evil company that exists that wants to get all of your data, wants to spread fake news, as Trump would say, and wants to just make and squeeze as much money out of you as they can. So I don't know any other company that has such a big problem with with their current brand and how it's perceived outside. So put it this way, if there was a great alternative for Instagram that provides or promises more um, um, privacy, data privacy, that could be a real challenge for them. If, if there was a great alternative to WhatsApp, that could be a real challenge to them. Saying that, there isn't right now and there hasn't been in the past few years. So maybe that's a point to keep in mind. Uh, in my eyes as well. But I think it's a little bit overplayed, if I'm honest. Um, and and, and th this is my reason for it, right? I think everyone's worried. I don't think, uh, I think if you ask anyone, oh, are you concerned about your data? Are you concerned that uh, companies can use your data? All of that stuff. I think people are generally would say yes in, in agreement. But tell you what, if you said, okay, let's take that away and we'll offer, I think there's already some uh, social media platforms now which are completely actually uh, have full, no advertising, no news, no uh, external influences. Um, but let's just say you offered people uh, uh, a social media account but actually you don't get the benefits of sharing the data. So, so let's say you, d you didn't get ads that were personalized. You didn't go into a website and have just a click of your button, all of your details inputted. I just use Instagram and it auto links into my other areas and it just auto pays. Like if we didn't have these like conveniences that the data sharing really brings, if you said to people really, would you be okay not having these extra benefits? The reality is a lot of people really love the, the how free and fluid all of that is. And Facebook really push hard on that, right? With, with, with They understand the idea of having the ad personalized to you makes the ad way more likely for you to click on. And they really push that extremely hard. To do that, they need to understand you as a consumer. And to do that, they need to collect a lot, whole, bunch, whole bunch of data. So I agree, Chris. I do think that, that security and like just data privacy is a threat. But I feel like people also kind of overplay how much they would stop using it if they had if it was more secure or if it, it, how much they'd stop using it because i feel like people love the convenience that being a little bit less private brings to them yeah you're probably right and that's why people still use you know players like google who are known to do exactly the same that facebook does or even tiktok which is arguably worse not not sure if that's right but um, that's what the U.S. is trying to um, bring out there, at least, right? <laughs> Saying that, though, yeah, yeah. Um, with those brand issues and with those data, data privacy um, problems, there is that added risk of government regulation, right? Everything that just happened to TikTok, there's a real risk that it happens in parts to elements of what Facebook is doing. 
So the, you can't collect data from users that haven't been on the platform for more than a month for, you know, other things. I'm just making this up off the top of my head. I'm not sure how far governments would go, but there's definitely a risk for Facebook to, um, number one, be penalized for things they've done beforehand. And those are the things like pushing um, companies into selling to Facebook, like Instagram apparently and WhatsApp were both pushed to sell to Facebook. If not, they would copy and do the exact same product with their own money. So number one, they could be penalized for those things and actions they've done previously. And I think number two is going forward, how much will governments keep or, or let Facebook have that control over all of that data and just be so openly selling it to companies and promoting that data. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Yeah, all very fair points, Chris, on, on the risks uh, side of things. But what about if we look at like future innovations and the elements they're trying to break into um, in the future? The one thing that gets me quite excited, and you talked about this a lot with Facebook being the platform for everything else, is the whole cryptocurrency and it probably plays into the fact of what we talked about on WhatsApp and the fact that you could maybe pay through WhatsApp and all the different shops. So if Facebook then decides to create their own cryptocurrency, which people just have in their wallet on WhatsApp and then pay in every single shop, wow, I mean, I would be really, really, really worried about this if I was someone like Visa or MasterCard or one of the other players. Yeah, and I think they're already quite far down that road, right? I mean, there's already a name. I think it's called Libra. Um, and it's it's definitely could form the centerpiece of its sort of big sort of blockchain and digital payments plan that could just feed into all of these different apps um, and, and form a very smooth uh, uh, platform to allow for some payments. Um, yeah, that's that's one thing. Again, Facebook has a lot of these things cooking that could actually end up really changing the way everyone behaves and uses certain platforms. So it's definitely a strong player. So the only other uh, kind of bad and good for Facebook I see is that social media platforms, you just cannot plan and predict what's really going to take all the number of users, what's cool, what's going to be hip, what's going to be trendy. And we've seen that with Facebook itself, right? The main platform is kind of on the out. That's that's clear and we see it from all the numbers and the stats. Whereas Instagram and WhatsApp became super cool, super trendy. And what did Facebook do? They bought them off. They have enough cash. They bought those. So it's kind of a good and a bad thing that platforms can't be planned and you can't say who's going to dominate in the next five to 10 years. Because number one, Facebook owns four out of the main six social media platforms. That's already huge market share wise. And number two, it's also a positive because we've seen giants come in like Google Plus, right? And they haven't just come in with, you know, as like a startup model. They've come in with billions of dollars and that's resources that could be people, developers, and then the Google whole umbrella of infrastructure. We had a real player come in and they completely failed. They just couldn't get people to go onto their social media platform. So that's one thing that's going to either go into Facebook's favor in the future or be a negative because who knows, in the next five years, everyone's on TikTok and on something else. Maybe the other platforms are gone apart from WhatsApp. Who knows, right? It's really, really tough to say in this space if Facebook's really going to, uh, still going to be a, a top three player in the next um 
five to ten years. Yeah, I, I agree with that, Chris. Uh, it's just probably um, it probably doesn't matter right now, and from an investment perspective, right? Just because of yeah, um, how integrated it is in, in into everyone's lifestyle. Uh, the one new uh, play that they really tried pushing. Um, especially during lockdown and everything is um, expanding their messenger app to include sort of video conferencing uh, to try and like get some of that boom from Zoom or Hangouts or um, other devices, other Google Meet. I mean, I could carry on the number of companies that just try to get into that space. But, um, you know, um, you know, Facebook Messenger also in, in just increased its portfolio by allowing for video. Um, before we wrap up, Chris, I want to quickly jump into the financials. And I will be short and sweet with this. Uh, I feel like we've uh, gone into a lot of detail here and quite elaborative. And I don't want to, last thing I want to do is throw numbers at people. Um, <laughs> but there, yeah. there's, a, there, there's a real concern um, with at least a few people I know that, you know, tech stocks and momentum stocks are potentially at a bubble right which could just burst because they're all extremely high uh, in their in their valuation and there's a concern that it could just burst and suddenly your your investment's not worth anything well i want to jump in and talk about how facebook is a very good example of why that isn't the case right um if we look at facebook as a whole revenue generation and like its acceleration of its like revenue quarter on quarter is incredible right even from 19 to fy19 to fy20 it's seen a it, it's seen an incredible growth in its revenue right we're talking like eight to ten uh billion dollars more and so that compared to its cost and the cost of significantly uh costs have also increased but i think there's a net increase of like one billion dollars which is incredible for a company of that size right um but the key element so that's element number one but the key element number two for me is its assets versus liabilities so its currency ratio it's incredibly high right we're talking significantly higher assets the total liabilities is around the 28 30 billion mark they have 50 billion in cash we're talking about tech companies that might be uh struggling they got 50 billion in cash to pay off the total liabilities to almost twice over which is incredible they're literally not in a position of ever being in in in, in trouble right uh I, I add to that it's like revenue versus its market cap. It's got market cap around $800 billion. It's making 70 odd billion dollars in revenue, right? It's like 10 to 1. It's, it's really, I mean, I'm not saying it's undervalued, but I'm saying it, there's no way Facebook's overvalued as a stock uh, where it is. That's across the board with all the big players, right? We have Microsoft, Facebook. They're just sitting, Google as well. They're just sitting on so much cash. Like people can't realize it, and it goes back to the fact, right? Simple economic logic: it, you you got to produce something, and then you sell it. In uh, back in the day, you produce, let's say, a chocolate bar, and you sell it. You get you know twenty p profit on it. Whereas all these players, they're providing platforms. So Facebook has produced Office. <laughs> <laughs> so Microsoft produced Office once. 
right? They produced Office once and it cost them, let's say, 10 billion. Anything after that, once they break even, anything after that is just pure profit. It doesn't take them any more development or any anything like that, very simplistically looking at it, to get more profit and squeeze more out of it from the platforms. Yeah, exactly. And this, this sort of asset to liability thing, if you take up any oil company or big manufacturing company, it's flipped. I mean, their the, the liabilities will be significantly high comparison to its assets, right? And Chris mentioned this element of production. Facebook don't create anything. They don't generate anything. They're not selling you a phone. They're not selling you a laptop. They're not, sell they're not selling you any element. They don't own any element. They just have the platform, uh, the ability for you to sell something to someone else, for you to market something to someone else, which is an incredible sort of transformation. And, and Facebook's a f sort of a pioneer in that element to just transforming what is possible um, by not even creating its own products, right? I like that. So, Goff, as a closing comment, would you, what would your advice be for someone else looking at Facebook right now? I think if you're interested in the company, um, you should definitely check out not only its financials, but what is your take on Facebook versus its competitors for the next sort of three to five years. Uh, and that's number one. Number two is understand um, the regulatory environment that might come into place in the US and how you could deal with that. Um, but I think overall, people should be excited about the company because it's, in my eyes, for sure going to become a trillion dollar company. I don't think that's a question in my eyes. Um, so for, in, in my eyes, I, I, I want to I spend a lot more time in the next couple of weeks um, understanding Facebook a lot better before I invest because it's incredibly complex how much potential there is and but how many sort of potential risks each of those different elements have. So for our final segment, Chris, uh, we'd look at 10 bag and 100 bag of stocks. Um, this is essentially, uh, for anyone who's new, um, stocks that we see that could explode in the future and explode could mean extremely high or explode could mean just crash back down to zero. But um, what have you got for us this week, Chris? Right. So this week, um, we're talking about another very small player. I think the market cap was 340 million last time I checked. So 340 million compared to what is Facebook? 700 billion. Um, There's a big, big difference. <laughs> as as Goff said, you know, um, it's very high risk. Don't just take our word because these players, there's so much on them, even from um, the professional analysts, that uh, the, the the risk is just too high to just bet uh, your money on it. Saying that, um, I'm quite convinced in this company, so I had put in a little bit of my money uh, back when Corona first started. And I'll give you the reason. So this company is called VacuTech. V-A-Q Tech. But they're not a technology company, um, far from it. They are a really solid, standard German manufacturing company. And essentially what they provide are um, thermal insulation solutions, but not like the usual big packaging. They provide that very small scale. And now you're thinking, oh, Corona just happened. Does, does that have anything to do with it? Yes, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, it can be used in healthcare and specifically the logistics around healthcare. 
So all of these coronavirus vaccines are um, expected to have to be stored in transit and once, once they get to the doctors at a certain temperature. I think it was something around the zero degrees. And Vacutech is one of the key leading players in the world that can provide that firm, thermal insulation in a very, very small packaging. We're not just talking about healthcare and logistics, but that's where most of the hype came from in the past six months. And I think it's gone up by a good 30-40%. But going forward, even if they're not a big player in Corona, you can use that for appliances and for food, for you know construction, or even um, data centers. So there's so much potential that Vacutech has on the site with their patented technology of having very small uh, vacuum insulation that you can see how many different areas this company could be involved in and we all know there will always be a need especially with where we're heading to people working from home things being sent to your home address of having certain things being packaged in a very small container that is firmly insulated so yeah another one of these small companies that is um either going to fail or make it right yeah it's just again never heard of this company as well chris so you're, you're just um, smashing the segment every week uh, <laughs> but um going into their their website um it's incredible they say um their main tagline is always the right temperature which i think is phenomenal as a way to push um the fact that their insulation tech is so high and so strong um, it insulate about 10 times better than conventional fiber and foam, apparently. So um, very interesting company, Chris. Thank you for sharing. Um, we, where do you currently invest in this? Uh, it's, it's, it's tough and uh, be very careful with uh, some of the spreads if you do decide to invest in a company like this or other players. Um, number one, I think it's only listed in Germany. Um, so you have to watch out for when the market is open or not. And number two, with some of these small players, if you invest at the wrong time or when a news article came out or anything like that, the spread between the price you can buy and sell at because no one's willing to sell um, could be immense. But we might have to talk about that in, in a completely different episode to explain uh, why the spread could be so high. But essentially how the stock market works is someone's willing to sell at price X. So for Facebook, that would be $280. And someone else is willing to buy at 281 and therefore we see the uh, buy and sell spread. Whereas if it's a small player like this that has very little shares and maybe the market is closed, no one's really willing to sell. So the price to sell at could be something insane that's 20% up, whereas other people that are trying to buy can only get that price. So always be really careful with these small players of how you sell, um, sorry, how you buy them specifically on, on all your different stockbrokers. Yeah, I think, Chris, that those are really important points. I feel like probably in the future, we should experiment with having another segment where we maybe um, experiment and maybe um, have a bit of an education element where we just talk through how you would invest in a specific country or a specific stock like this and things to look out for uh, for amateur investors, right? No, that's that's a great point, Goff. I, I really like that idea. And I think that's some of the feedback we got as well. Um, we should probably, for some of our younger listeners, uh, give a bit more explanation. So that sounds great. Um, Vacutech currently, um, just for interest, is trading at 26 euros. And that's near an all-time high. 
So keep that in mind. So the company is already highly valued because everyone thinks they are the next Corona winner. Um, saying that, Gov, I think we've we've covered it. I think we've gone over the hour mark again. Same with Amazon. Uh, what what shall we discuss next week? Well, I think next week, Chris, we need to have another mini special episode with uh, Airbnb, right? So I think Airbnb's um, filed for an IPO in the next week or so. Um, so I think it's just pertinent that we look at it because I think Airbnb is going to be the biggest company in the world. And I feel like that's the company, for, in my eyes, that is just a no, no doubt invests in so wow uh, it's it'd be good to like talk through next week wow i'm i'm looking forward to that episode <laughs> that sounds massive all right perfect thanks golf thanks all